Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, just in time for Back to School, a new video series that aims to help students overcome the barriers they face in mastering the all-important STEM subjects. Also this morning, Mom on the Run, Colleen Burns, shares some of her favorite back-to-school hacks. In our community and business spotlight this morning, a second Days of Caring event and the brand new 419 Sings Talent Competition are among this month's highlights from the United Way of Hancock County and in our ongoing Keeping the Faith series, while modern religion recognizes that many men struggle with sexual issues, from pornography to infidelity, they often ignore the fact that women do too. This is the Good Mornings Podcast Edition for Wednesday, August 11th, 2021. Today is annual medical checkup day. So very serious. You get to the uh, doctor, your annual medical checkup day today. Also, it is play in the sand day today. It is presidential joke day. (laughs) Presidential joke day. As if we only needed one day for that. Uh, Sons and Daughters Day, and it is National Raspberry Tart Day. So, reasons to celebrate this morning. So, the uh, Major League Baseball Field of Dreams game is tomorrow. I had forgotten about this, but I saw it on the uh, Newswire this morning that uh, for the Field of Dreams game tomorrow, celebrity chef Guy Fieri has... Come up with a new all-American treat, I guess. Uh, An apple pie hot dog for the baseball game. And uh, he did this uh, courtesy of sponsored by Chevrolet. You remember that uh, great old uh, commercial uh, back in the uh, 1970s? I think it was the mid-70s. Baseball hot dogs, apple pie, and Chevrolet. We all love baseball hot dogs, apple pie, and Chevrolet. So, Chevrolet... Um, in honor of the Field of Dreams game, uh, paid Guy Fieri to come up with an apple pie hot dog so you can get all all of those rolled into one. Uh, let's see here. The snack features an all-beef hot dog wrapped in an apple pie crust with filling and bacon jam and covered with apple mustard drizzle, apple pie spice, and brown sugar. And you can only get it at the Field of Dreams game in Dyersville, Iowa, which is happening tomorrow. It'll be broadcast on Fox in primetime tomorrow. But Chevrolet has released the recipe so that anyone can try and make it at home. Can try and make it at home. I don't know if it sounds appealing to you, but the apple pie hot dog for the baseball game at the Field of Dreams, sponsored by Chevrolet. There you go. You're welcome, America. This is cool news. Marriage is on the rise for those over the age of 65. So if you are a senior and divorced or widowed, there is hope for you yet. A uh, report from the Office of National Statistics shows a significant boost in silver splitters, as they're calling those. I didn't know that they had a name for those who were over 65 and divorced. Silver splitters. Uh, Getting remarried. A boost in the number of silver splitters getting remarried. Dating apps may be behind the trend, they say. 
While the Office for National Statistics reports that marriage has generally been on the decline for those in the younger age bracket, tying the knot increased between 2004 and 2014 for those age 65 and older. Are you ready for this? Hold on to your hats. Increased by 46%. That's pretty significant. Uh the this occurrence has steadily been on the rise since 2009. Uh, so between in the decade between 04 and 14, up 46 percent the number of marriages among those over the age of 65. Uh, they say access to dating websites and financial independence believed to be the causes. Root causes for that. That's pretty cool. Uh, speaking of the younger generation, at the other end of the spectrum. According to research data, while non-parents in 2020 spent more time listening to the radio and doing home repairs, those with children spent much more time with their kids than they did in 2019. This is not a shock, right? Parents spent much more time with their kids than they did in 2020 versus 2019. Well, that's because they were home all the time. And so were the parents. Specifically, though, this was kind of interesting. Specifically, parents reported more time spent playing non-sport-related games and activities, doing homework, and reading to their kids. They So, really, I don't see a whole lot of downside there. And I know for a lot of parents, I mean, eventually you get a you know, stir-craziness st- sets in, and the remote learning... Um, was a concern for many, at least long-term remote learning. Now, we can do this for a couple of weeks, but an entire academic year is a little much. But that, those are good things. Uh, parents spending more time playing with their kids, games and activities, doing helping with homework, and reading to their kids. All of those are good things. Were it that we could continue that trend i have a feeling though that will not be the case but anyway they also spent (laughs) uh parents uh, also spent more time eating and drinking and less time sleeping (laughs) emphasis on the word drinking there's some more time (laughs) drinking i would imagine but uh, interesting data uh, nonetheless and uh again shows that uh, not everything Surrounding the pandemic in 2020 was necessarily such a a bad thing. Employers going to have a hard time keeping their workers happy moving forward. New research from Qualtrics found that the portion of Americans who say they would consider leaving their jobs if their workplaces made vaccination necessary, if they implemented a vaccination requirement, has ticked upward the number of Americans who said that they would consider leaving their jobs if their employer mandated a vaccine was up from 39% in March to 44% in August. And I'm sure if you ask medical professionals, they would hope that that would be trending in the other direction, but it is actually going up. The same survey shows that 38% of workers would consider leaving their current employer if the organization did not enact a vaccine mandate. So basically, for business owners, you talk about being put between a rock and a hard place. 
I mean, whatever you do, it sounds like you could lose a third of your <laughs> a third of your workers. Now, how do you, how many of them would follow through with that? I don't know, but that's what they said in the survey. Gen Z workers the most likely to leave if vaccines are not mandated. Boomers are among the least likely to quit over the lack of a mandatory vaccination policy. So kind of interesting there. And more businesses, I I think, are leaning that way. I don't know uh, how many will actually see follow through with it, but it does appear that that is the trend. So have your employees, has your employer said anything uh, about that? It's... um, I think a lot of employers to this point have just remained silent on the issue and probably will for as long as they can until maybe their hand is forced. I don't know. But anyway, I just thought that was uh, that was kind of interesting. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Wednesday morning started. WFIN News. I'm John Marshall. The WTOL 11 first alert forecast. Hot and humid today with a chance of showers and thunderstorms, a high near 90. Balreich Snack Food Company in Tiffin has issued a voluntary recall of one of its products due to possible contamination of a seasoning mix with salmonella. The company has recalled packages of barbecue potato chips in 1.5, 2.75, and 7-ounce packages with sell-by dates between October 18th and November 1st of this year. The products were distributed to retail outlets in Ohio, Michigan, and Indiana. The company is making the recall out on an abundance of caution to assure the safety of its customers. The seasoning at issue is provided by an outside supplier. The contamination was found during routine product quality testing, and no illnesses have been reported. You can find a link for more information on our website. The University of Findlay is upgrading its on-campus recycling efforts with help from a grant from the state of Ohio. UF was awarded a $50,000 grant by the Ohio Environmental Protection Agency as part of the EPA's Recycle Ohio grant program. In a 2020 survey, 79% of students said that they recycled on campus. To increase this number and improve sustainability, UF will establish numerous commingling recycling stations across campus. The university hopes to reach a zero-waste threshold in the next several years. Wyandotte County is mourning the death of a sheriff's deputy. Deputy Mike Hoy died August 1st while off-duty in a collision between his motorcycle and a deer, according to the Bucyrus Post of the State Highway Patrol. Hoy had been with the Wyandotte County Sheriff's Office since 1999. Court documents say that the same militia group that planned to kidnap Michigan's governor also considered attacking Ohio Governor Mike DeWine. A federal document filed this week shows Adam Fox and Barry Croft Jr. attended a meeting last summer where an attack on DeWine was discussed. The pair are already accused of the plot against Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. A spokesperson for DeWine called the alleged plot despicable, adding that threats against state leaders have no place in the American political system. More news online anytime at WFIN.com. For WFIN News, I'm John Marshall. Well, as we get ready for back to school and we start shifting our focus to education issues, 
It is no secret that over the past decade plus, there has been a concerted effort to increase student interest in the STEM subjects of science, technology, engineering, and math. Now, a new series of science experiment videos aims to make STEM learning easy and accessible while showing kids that they can connect science to just about anything. And joining us is educator, author, and speaker Dwayne Reed, also known as America's favorite rapping teacher, uh, Dwayne, like we said, this emphasis on STEM uh, ha- has been a thing for more than a decade now, but the challenge was even greater this past year, given that so many students were distance learning. Explain why. Yeah, first off, thanks for having me on the show, Chris. Um, I-, I think it's because we have been trying to take, a lot of us have been trying to take the old way of learning and the old way of teaching and of education and apply it and work through that now during virtual learning, during hybrid learning, during a pandemic. And that's just not going to cut it. So what needs to happen is for us to pivot, us to figure out what does work, to reimagine education and start doing what's going to best serve our young people and the next generation. You also point out that the the past year, what we experienced the past year, um, underscored what has uh, always been true, and that is there are disparities in access and opportunity uh, facing many students uh, based on uh, family income, social status, uh, certainly in communities of color and, and so on. How do we uh, remove those uh, those barriers? And I guess this is one way of doing that, removing those barriers that, that can make it more difficult for certain groups of students to remain engaged. Yeah, I think you hit it on the head in that this pandemic has illuminated the various disparities and inequities that exist in education, science education, particularly in the black and brown communities. And I think because we have a greater awareness, now we have a greater responsibility to do something, right? Dr. Maya Angelou says, um, because I know better, I can do better. And one of the ways that we can knock down some of those barriers and do better is by providing free, accessible resources that our kids can engage in science with. And, case in point, uh, this Science at Home program. Tell us more about this, uh, how it got started, what it involves. Kind of lay this out for us. For sure. So, so 3M's Science at Home is a, um, is a series of videos detailing step-by-step simple science experiments. Using common household items, these kids and their families can engage in the science Uh, around them. It doesn't have to be in a laboratory. It doesn't have to be in school per se. It doesn't have to be in the classroom. It could be at home with mom, dad, grandma, grandpa. And it it came about because 3M noticed the disruption of learning during the pandemic. And what they wanted to do was still fill the gap and fill the need that our scholars have to engage with science and to have fun doing it. Now, uh, important to point out that most students are, are going to be returning to the classroom in the fall, but that doesn't mean that uh, these videos are no longer relevant because, as you point out, it's very important for teachers and parents to kind of work together to overcome the challenges that exist in certain communities and, and really uh, enhance 
uh, every student's, um, I guess, awareness and engagement with the STEM subjects. Yeah, absolutely. So this, the, the Science at Home series will be beneficial just moving forward, period, be it hybrid learning, be it distance learning, be it in-person learning, because what it does is it pushes um, for fun and it pushes for exploration in learning that takes place, you know, outside of the classroom. So even if you're in the classroom, teachers can use it. What's, what's great is that um, the Science at Home, every experiment is aligned to the next generation science standards so teachers can feel confident and comfortable in knowing that what they might be assigning to their scholars is the good stuff and then parents can feel comfortable using it with their kids because it's easy it's simple it's step by step and they could do it every day if they wanted to so just to to underscore that and uh, go back to what you were saying uh you encourage uh teachers it's it's great at home uh you know as you said with mom dad grandma grandpa aunts and uncles whoever uh, but also uh, great for teachers to implement these science and home experiments into their lesson plans. So speaking directly to educators in particular here. Yeah, absolutely. Man, just using it in class would be beneficial, getting all of your scholars to watch and, you know, do some of the experiments. One of my favorites um, from Science at Home is um, building paper rockets. And then launching them and seeing how far that they go and, and, and testing and seeing what I can observe. That's one of my favorites. Or another one of my favorites is um, testing the, the frequency of the guitar strings on a guitar and the waves that are there. Like these are things that I can do with my kids in person, in real time, having a whole lot of fun. couple of uh, examples there. Do you have uh, some other uh, examples of the kinds of videos that uh, kids can expect to see as part of this series? Yeah, so the videos, what they do is they cover a variety of science concepts. So kind of pretty much anything that's out there um, that, that's going to get kids excited about science, you'll be able to see some videos touching on some and, of those things and, at, at Science at Home. And again, uh, reiterating the fact that science is all around us, this really drives that point home because you're using stuff that you know uh, kids have uh, in their home and it really uh, emphasizes the point uh, that uh, you know everything can be tied back to these STEM subjects. I, I, beyond this, let me let me kind of pick your brain a little bit as an educator and, and somebody who has dedicated your life to this. Beyond this, this is a great tool, but it is only a tool. What can teachers, educators, really everyone do beyond this to also help encourage and support uh, STEM equity, diversity? You're talking about, you know, uh, racial gender divides, you know, all of these types of things that have made STEM uh, topics, STEM subjects and STEM careers less acceptable. Accessible for certain groups as opposed to others. Yeah, I, I love that question. Thanks for asking it. What what we can do, teachers, educators, parents, what we can do is expose our young people to the STEM that exists out there. We can expose them to it, and also we can help break down some of the negative stigma. We can help break down these ideas that we should fear science, technology, or math, or engineering. We can we can break down some of those lies that say that little black girl can't be engineered. That's a lie, and we can break that down. We can point to people like Katherine Johnson from NASA way right. back when and say, look, 
she's done that. And there are people that are doing it today. I even think about the, the woman, the black woman who helped to develop the Moderna vaccine. Like mm-hmm. this is happening real time. We can point to those people who are doing it and say, hey, that can be you too. That is you. Again, uh, Dwayne Reed, America's favorite rapping teacher, talking about the uh, Science and Home program. Uh, mention real quickly where we can find that online. Y'all can find all the information about the Science at Home project at 3m.com forward slash science at home. Dwayne, thanks very much for taking the time. We appreciate it. Thank you very much, Chris. See ya. Well, as we mentioned yesterday, most area students going to be back in class in just a couple of weeks now. So joining us this morning with some of her favorite back-to-school hacks is Colleen Burns for the Daily Lounge. And being a mom of six, you obviously know your stuff, Colleen. So let's start with packing those school lunches for those days when the kids don't want what's on the lunchroom menu. But we still want to make sure that they are fueled up for the entire day. What you got? That's right. Nice to be here again, Chris. You know, food's packed with protein. That's always a good hack because it helps keep kiddos feeling full longer. But, you know, food always has to be convenient. So, for example, Tifian makes these great pitas and smart pockets. The smart pockets are like a pita, but they're square and they're pre-split. So they're super easy to fill, super easy for the kiddos to hold on to. And you can turn almost anything, anything, including leftovers, into a great to-go meal. I like to pack a pre-split smart pocket with an omelet to go on crazy mornings. They also work great, of course, in a lunchbox with chicken salad, for example. My favorite variety is the everything, but you can get whole wheat, you can get organic also. You need to look for them with other fresh breads in the deli section. And another fun protein hack, new products from Catalina Crunch. They're keto-friendly. They're great for moms and dads, too. They look like sugary cereal and snacks. They're actually low-carb, low-sugar, no artificial sweeteners, flavors, or colors. The sandwich cookies and cereal look so tasty. In fact, they are tasty. In fact, the, the cereal tastes like Cocoa Puffs, in my opinion. But there's no guilt involved, so it's great. They're a smart and easy choice. The savory crunch mixes are great for lunch boxes or an afternoon snack. Speaking of which, in the afternoon, you're ready to refuel them uh, then for all of those after-school activities or uh, even just uh, homework time so they are uh, you know, uh, ready to go for, uh, for that part of the day, while at the same time making sure that you are staying connected with your kids, which is so important. Oh, true, and routine is so important, Chris, especially this year. I mean, kids, of course, are mostly back in school uh, but there are, you know, changes and people are, you know, kids are still kind of stressed out and always important to connect right after school because you can find about their day and um, help them, you know, get refueled, like you're saying, before they get the homework. I like to make a cheese board, an after school cheese board. Everyone has to gather around it. So they don't grab a snack and head to their room or whatever. We've got to gather for a little while. So that's important. I like to mix it up with different meats, fruits, vegetables, but I always look for Wisconsin cheese because it's better than other cheeses. There's a reason Wisconsin is the state of cheese. It's won more awards than anywhere else in the world. And if you didn't know this, it's the only state that requires a license to make the cheese. So the quality is there. And there's a great new product. I love this. In fact, I've been trying to hide it from my kids. It's (laughs) these cheddar curd crunchers. So think really addictive crunchy curds without mess. And I mean, seriously, they're amazing. They're my favorite snack right now. I always look for Proudly Wisconsin Cheese, the badge um, in the store on products to make sure you're getting the best quality. 
Now, real quickly, as as a bit of a sidebar, and you know, we're talking about all of these healthy alternatives, and I can hear some parents say, you know, my kids uh, will absolutely shy away uh, or absolutely refuse anything that is healthy for them. But again, here, you know, like you said uh, before, the key is making them uh, appeal. Uh, to your kids uh, appealing presentation and just the way kids will go healthy if you present it the right way absolutely and you also have to many times um, present it many times because you know (laughs) it often takes the child many tries at some food before they'll eat it uh, willingly and a lot of parents give up before that time and then they just end up giving their children, those standbys that they know their kids will eat. And it's just, in, in my opinion, because I'm kind of a foodie, I, I like to make sure that my kids are exposed to everything. And if they don't like it the first time, keep trying, keep trying. Because yeah. then it just opens up the world of food to them instead of just keeping this very restricted diet. Yeah, you get establish those good habits now, and that'll serve them well on down the line. Now, uh, lastly here, you have a great hack for and I love this for minimizing the time spent doing dishes after dinner because again we don't want to take away from what little quality time you actually have to spend with your kids in between everything else they have going on. Absolutely, and it's funny because I learned this hack from my dishwasher repairman, and it's a totally true story. He came to fix the dishwasher and asked me what detergent I was using, and I told him, and he said, "No, no, no, no." And so he told me I should get Finish Quantum. I don't have to rinse my dishes anymore, and the inside of my dishwasher looks so much better. It's night and day. I can't even tell you. Um, but I don't have to rinse the dishes, so that saves time. And I also can leave them overnight. If it's a really hectic night and I don't want to wash the dishes in the evening, even if that just means loading the dishwasher, 24 hours later even, the dishwasher will still clean my dishes using this finished quantum. It's, they've got the, these three chambers that break down. They lift mess, cut grease, boost shine. But even better... You can pledge to skip the hashtag skip the rinse through finish to save 20 gallons of water each time you wash. 20 gallons just by skipping the rinse. And together we can save up to 150 billion gallons in a single year. So you're saving time with your family, but you're saving water, which is so important too. And you're setting a good example for your kids at the same time. So there's always that. Right. Again, uh, they call her the mom on the run, uh, mom of six, so you know why they call her the mom on the run. Colleen Burns for the Daily Lounge uh, this morning with some of her favorite back-to-school hacks as the countdown is on to a new academic year, and we can get more information on all of this at the website, right? Right, at dailylounge.com. We'll link up to it on our webpage. Colleen, thanks very much for the time. We appreciate it. Thanks. It was great talking to you again, Chris. Take care. Now, the Good Mornings Community and Business Spotlight. Time to get an update on the latest happenings from the United Way of Hancock County. And Heather Heilman is with us on the line this morning. Folks may have heard uh, about this. We've been uh, running some uh, commercials, some advertisements uh, for this. And I know I've seen it on social media as well. The 419 Sings uh, event. And you've actually extended yeah. the deadline. There's some uh, confusion, as I, I suppose it's to be expected. This is the first time for a something new. So lay all of this out as to what this is and how it works. Sure. So 419 Things is a regional talent competition focused on bands and vocalists in the 419 area. So if you can sing, we want to hear from you if you're 18 years old or, or, or older. 
Um, you know, this is a collaboration with Marathon Center for Performing Arts and sponsored by First National Bank. And at the end of the day, the winner of this uh, virtual, what will become a virtual competition, um, will receive $2,500 cash, a recording studio session, and their own live performance at Marathon Center. Okay. So we've had a lot of questions. Uh, recently, just, you know, people are thinking that it's a songwriting contest. Like, I sing, but I don't write my own music. And that's okay. We're okay with that. If you're a cover band or if you just enjoy, you know, uh, my, I guess, singing Steve Perry by yourself somewhere, it's <laughs> great, you know. As do we all, by the way. Because we all can sing that well, right? So <laughs> so go ahead and send in an, a, a submission. You would just head out to our website, uwhancock.org, backslash 419sing. And um, it gives you all the information there. We're, we are extending our deadline. We were asking for submissions to be in by um, August 13th, which is this Friday. But we're going to give everybody a little more time. And we're pushing it back to August 22nd, just based on some of the conversations and questions that were being asked. All right. Excellent. And by the way, uh, we say 419 sings. It's for everyone in the 419. And I guess that would include the 567 as well. That would include the 567. So if... You, yeah. so if so if your phone number is 567, you are not ineligible. So. Right, right. I mean, you know, you, and sometimes we do need those points of clarification. So, um, so yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're getting, we're like I said, we've got some um, some talent coming in from Lucas County, Van Wert. Awesome. Um, so, so, yeah, they're it's definitely reaching the area. And, and again, we would just love to have more, um, more uh, entries. Love to hear the talent. We've got everything from people that can yodel to bluegrass country to alternative i mean it's quite the range of talent out there it's very very neat to see coming in very exciting so we'll look forward to that and again the deadline has been extended you got a little more time uh so uh, go on the website and check that out also coming up right around the corner uh is a second days of caring why a second days of caring because it's, it's, you can never care enough, <laughs> but, but actually it's, it's because our, our nonprofits and a lot of organizations locally, they, they get so many things, um, they have so many things challenging them each day to get some of those basic and necessary projects done. So um, we added another one to the calendar this year um, in the fall. And uh, actually, the week of September 20th is when we'll be doing those projects for our local organizations. Sarah Miley, who is our volunteer coordinator, has asked me to just let everybody know that she's still in search of some um, additional volunteers to help with those projects and um, would love it if they would go to the website, our uwhancock.org website, look for Volunteers United, and there's a little form on there that you can fill out and tell, tell us about, you know, tell us about yourself, what you like to do, and then Sarah's able to kind of match people up based on their talents and interests with um, the agencies that need their projects completed. So um, anybody, if you can volunteer by yourself, you can grab a friend if you're a youth group or um, an organization or a small business that wants to get involved and get hands-on in the community, this is a great way to do it. Yeah, so if you didn't get enough of it the last go-around and you want to help uh, even more, this is an opportunity. If you missed the first one, this is your second chance. And is there a, uh, a registration deadline for this? You know, I know I know Sarah will take um, volunteers probably up until the week before, but she is asking just for planning purposes that people could submit their uh, volunteer application by August 18th. Okay, so uh, dates to remember uh, the 419 Sings competition and the second days of caring. Uh, again, you can get more information on both of those at your website, right, Heather? Correct. 
correct. UWHancock.org and just look around for either 419 Things or Volunteers United. We'll link up to it on our webpage as well. Heather Heilman from the United Way of Hancock County. Thanks very much for the time. We appreciate it. Thank you, Chris. The Community and Business Spotlight is a promotional advertisement paid for by the featured sponsor. We interrupt this program to bring you a broken news alert. Today's update on the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veteran Services. This from the international file of the broken news, and this just sounds very painful. A 27-year-old factory worker in Italy was hospitalized after accidentally shooting himself in his private parts with a nail gun. Oh, 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 man. Oh, man. I, I'm in pain just reading, reading that first sentence. Uh, during his initial examination, did doc- uh, doctors did not see any sign of the nail as it was hidden from the naked eye. It wasn't until medics performed an ultrasound that they were able to find the small nail in the unidentified man's uh, in the in the <clears throat> right <laughs> uh, side of his uh, private parts, the uh, nail, which was three quarters of an inch long, was then safely removed. It says here the man suffered no lasting damage and was discharged from the hospital the next day. <laughs> I'm just I'm just speechless. That just sounds. How do you accidentally shoot yourself? there with a nail gun safety first um (laughs) wear a steel cup the next time i'm guessing wow northern california college professor has been arrested and charged with arson 47 year old gary maynard reportedly worked at santa clara university and sonoma state where, uh, but but the Sacramento Bee reports that Mr. Maynard or Professor Maynard is accused of deliberately starting the ranch fire in Lassen County last Saturday. He deliberately started this wildfire. You know how uh, out of control the wildfires have been out west. He is also suspected of igniting several blazes near Lassen National Forest and Shasta Trinity National Forest, not far from the raging Dixie Fire. That is destroyed nearly 500,000 acres. Prosecutors say Mr. Maynard, Professor Maynard, my guess is former Professor Maynard, uh, entered the evacuation zone and started lighting fires behind firefighters who were battling the Dixie Fire. Uh, Mr. Maynard remains in custody under a judge's order. What's interesting about this, he uh, at uh, Sonoma State, uh, he is said to be a specialist in teaching about Cults and deviant behavior. Practice what you preach, I guess. Deviant behavior. Yeah, that would qualify. Man. Here's another uh, story from the uh, international file this morning. Uh, It is a a warning about something that you probably should go without saying. We probably should not have to tell you this. But apparently we do have to tell you this. Don't mix alcohol with venomous snakes. It is not a good idea. Does not end well, generally. 
The Times of India reports that 60-year-old Rama Mato was sitting in front of his house when a young viper, a juvenile, so not a full-grown snake, but a viper nonetheless, decided to nip at his leg. Mr. Mato, who was under the influence of alcohol, decided to grab the snake and bite it back. Uh, As he was biting the snake as a form of revenge, the baby viper bit him more than 10 times in the face to get free. Uh, After that, he uh, pulled out the snake and put it on a nearby tree. Uh, Family says they asked him to go to the hospital for treatment, but he said, nah, don't worry about it. It's it's just a baby, so it's not poisonous. And uh, he went to uh, lay down. Well... Uh, he may have been wrong about the snake not being venomous due to his age because the family found him deceased in his bed the next morning. Again, as a general rule, we don't laugh at people who lose their life because, you know, it's not funny when people lose their life. But sometimes the circumstances are just so stupid that you just have to shake your head and chuck the exact cause of death Uh, Not determined, but there is a working theory about what may have contributed to his tragic passing. I would think so. I think we think we know what uh, what happened there. Again, we go back to where we started with the advisory. Do not mix alcohol and venomous snakes. (laughs) Should go without saying, but apparently not. And finally, in the broken news this morning. Again, here is some good advice. If you are attempting to tattoo a minor, probably best not to do it in the lobby of your local McDonald's. But a South Carolina man tried to do just that. There is actually video of this. I would not believe it were there not video, but there's actually video of a man inking an underage child right in the dining room. At McDonald's, Brandon Presha, age 28, was arrested on Tuesday and charged with illegal tattooing and underage tattooing. This is in Lawrence, South Carolina. The incident came to the attention of the police on Saturday after some of the police chief's detectives were tagged in social media posts that showed video of the child being tattooed. Uh, Chief uh, Lattimore says it was an absolutely disgusting display. The tattooing appeared to be performed in the front dining area of the restaurant. Um, The uh, police chief says she doesn't know if Mr. uh, Presha had done any tattooing there before, but he looked pretty comfortable with his surroundings. (laughs) What? What in the world? I mean, tattooing a child is one thing. Tattooing anyone at a McDonald's restaurant... Just doesn't seem like a very smart thing to do. But there you go. Uh, that is uh, today's broken news report. <laughs> this, I mean, that would be if I were to get a tattoo. And I'm not big on tattoos. I, I don't have any. I don't have any desire to have any. If you want to tattoo, that's, you know, all well and good. You do you. But uh, if I were to get a tattoo uh, and the guy, the tattoo artist said, well, just meet me at McDonald's. We'll do it there. I think I would say, no thanks, I'll pass. I mean, I think that would be the first the first sign. There you go. Uh, that is today's broken news report. 
This update in the odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veteran Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. WFIN says thank you for listening. And remember, you can listen around the clock on computer, smartphone, or tablet. Start your day with Chris Oaks and good mornings. And stay with us all day long. You also get CBS Sports Radio plus all of our locally originated sports programming. Listen live whenever you like at 1330 WFIN, 95.5 FM, and at WFIN.com. Where you can also grab our free mobile apps for iOS or Android. And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news, the statistics that shape our lives. We've been talking about education, back to school, and all of that. As parents and teachers prepare for the upcoming school year, anxiety as, as is at an all-time high. As the COVID-19 pandemic continues and the spread of the Delta variant and reports that uh, this one is impacting uh, children more so than any uh, other variant or any other uh, strain of COVID-19 that we've seen to this point. So good reason for uh, this anxiety. A survey conducted by one poll, 2,000 people in the survey, 1,000 of those were K-12 through teachers. The other half are parents who have children in school. And both groups, they find, are worried going into the academic year. Half of the parents cite their most prominent concern is that their child will catch the virus at the school. Uh, 40%, and this is parents, are, are worried about the cleaning and safety measures that are in place, the protocols inside of school buildings. On the other hand, more than half of the teachers who responded say their biggest concern is that students have fallen behind academically uh, due to the pandemic over the course of the past year. Uh, they rank inclusivity and student confidence in the classroom as their highest priorities this year, and 80% of them cite cleaning protocols as being important. Uh, both parents and teachers have a common goal of supporting their students. 60% of parents say that the conversations with their children about returning to school have been positive, and most of the teachers uh, preparing to help their students adapt to an in-person setting after a year of virtual learning so interesting that that anxiety is interesting but not unexpected that anxiety is at an all-time high among both parents and teachers heading into the new school year we finish up this morning with our ongoing keeping the faith series while modern religion recognizes that many men struggle with sexual issues they often ignore the fact that women do too when you think about it, men who struggle with pornography or infidelity are accepted and counseled and can be redeemed. Women, on the other hand, are privately, sometimes even publicly, shamed for having the very same issues. And because of that shame, women are often left to suffer in silence. Moreover, once they decide to remain silent, they are left to face a battle by themselves that, without the proper help, can lead to even more dangers. The good news for women who see themselves in the situation that I'm describing is, you are not alone. It's not just you. Correspondent John Clemens reports this morning, Keeping the Faith. According to a survey conducted by the Barna Group, 16% of single women say they view porn at least twice a month. 21% 18- to 30-year-olds say they view pornography at least several times a week. Young adult minister Ashley Chestnut is the author of 
it's not just you. Many of them started viewing pornography at young ages or they were exposed to it by um, a friend or a family member or just exploring the Internet or Googling answers to questions and, and encountered it and became hooked. So I would say it's probably always been present among women just to a different degree and underreported. Even currently, it would be underreported. Jess Nott, who serves at the Church of Brook Hills in Birmingham, Alabama, often found she was ill-equipped to answer some of the questions by women seeking her help. I had a Master of Divinity, and, and I was more of a biblical studies nerd than I was any sort of counselor, and I didn't know what to do with their questions. She wrote It's Not Just You as a resource to assist others trying to help women. I wrote this book for two people. One is the woman who is struggling with sin, and the second is the woman who is walking alongside her. As, as a parent, as a friend, as a mentor, as a Sunday school teacher, a small group leader, this is what I wish somebody would have given me. The church, too, finds itself ill-equipped regarding this subject. We increase the shame if, if we make women feel that them coming forward is shameful, whereas the Bible talks about how there is no sin that is not common to man. There's no temptation that is not common. And so we need to understand and act as though this is one temptation out of many, and we want to walk with you no matter what your struggle or temptation is. But we're not going to pretend that we don't have them. Most women are reluctant to seek help especially from the church. Usually my first words are, I am so sorry that this is what is happening, and but thank you for trusting me. Thank you for telling me your story. Thank you for being honest about where you are. And I found that just even that response can minister to someone because they know that you are not scared of them and their struggle. And if Romans 8.1 says there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, then Christ doesn't condemn them, and I don't need to condemn them. The Internet has had a major impact on those who have fallen to its snare. Human nature hasn't changed since, well, really since the beginning. But the ways that we can sin have definitely increased with the dawn of the Internet. So I would say human nature hasn't changed, just the ways that it can sin has increased. Chestnut has divided, it's not just you, into six different segments. I talk about sex being relational. It is something done between people, so not with an animal, not with a robot. It is heterosexual, so it is done with the opposite gender. It is fruitful in the sense of fruitful in a relationship between a husband and wife, but also in a procreative sense. It is covenantal. It is done in the covenant of marriage. It is symbolic in the sense that it represents the relationship of Christ and the church. And then it is selfless. It is not a selfish act. Chestnut treats every woman differently because there is not a pat answer. It depends on the person. And you're right. There is no pat answer. Um, sometimes it is asking the Lord for wisdom on Right now, do they need me to answer that question, or do they need me to just be a safe hearer of their question and let them know that God's not scared of their question? Here's how to get more information from Ashley Chestnut about her book, It's Not Just You. The book website is itsnotjustyoubook.com. 
This is John Clemens reporting. Such a powerful message right there in the title. It's not just you. We've got the link up at our webpage, goodmornings.net, to learn more. Keeping the faith this morning. And that will finish up our podcast for today. Thanks to all of our guests for joining us on the program this morning. Remember, you can get more information about all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage, and that is goodmornings.net, our little corner of the World Wide Web. Coming up tomorrow on the program, a conversation with Congressman Bob Latta about the passage of important legislation to combat the resurgent opioid epidemic. Plus, why buyers being squeezed in a red-hot real estate market may be in for even more trouble later on. So until tomorrow morning, that is Good Mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. Catch you back here tomorrow. Tomorrow.